I don't buy the idea that, you know, the society the way it is right now, it has to be this way. Welcome to Rewrite the Rules with your host, Alex Starr. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. It's time to live life on your own terms. What do you really want? Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Got a lot of feedback from Lay's podcast about being transgender, and I'm going to put up a part two about that. Also got some amazing ones coming up with my buddy Willie um, about cryptocurrency and uh, entrepreneurship. Um, So those should be cool coming up. But today's podcast is with Ruben Chavez, who runs a Instagram account um, slash lifestyle brand business that has over 3 million followers. And basically, he started this by posting um, quotes from books that he enjoyed on an Instagram account two years ago, and it's blown up to over 3 million followers. So this show is going to be about uh, taking what you do as a side hustle and monetizing it in some regards. It's also about um, you know digging deep into expanding your consciousness and um, going for you know your potential and all that hippy dippy stuff that I love so much. And I would imagine if you're listening, you're into that kind of stuff too. So it's a beautiful Valentine's Day here. If you're sharing it with a loved one, I hope you dip chocolate in everything and on every buddy and enjoy that. I don't know where I was going with that. And if you're single, then enjoy that too, because you can be single for the wrong reason or the right reason. And You can be in a relationship for the wrong or right reason. I was thinking about this morning when I woke up. Maybe I should do a podcast on that. But anyway, hope you guys enjoy this show. Find me at Instagram, Alex H. Star. Facebook, Rewrite the Rules. Website, alexstar.com. Shoot me an email, alex at alexstar.com. That is it. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Love you all, as always. See ya. Yeah. All right, man. We'll go ahead and get started then, dude. I'm going to pour myself a cup of coffee. Um, so let's do it. Mr. Ruben Chavez, welcome, sir. Thank you. We've already talked for about a half hour, but now we're going to start the official podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, good getting to know you so far, man. Yeah, man. So thanks for coming on, dude. And uh, you're running old Think Grow Prosper over there. Um, dude, you know what's crazy is that you. If like if we went back twenty years in time, I was thinking about this. Um, if we went back twenty years ago and told somebody that, oh hey, in two thousand seventeen, there's going to be people who run a business off of posting pictures on these devices that we keep in our phone, and we have something called an app, and they like you know post certain pictures to it, and then they start a basically a business off of that because three million people follow this you know, account that posts certain pictures and, you know, like nobody would understand what the fuck we're talking about, that that's your job. Like, I bet it's hard for you to even explain it now what the hell you do. Can you imagine going back in time and being like, yeah, yeah, that's going to be a legit job. (laughs) They're going to be, it's an Instagram business. Yeah, of course. Duh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, 
none of my family really knows what I do. Like they have an idea, like he does something with the internet, but they're not like now I think they're a little bit more clear on, on, on what I do, but they still really couldn't explain it without my help. But yeah, I mean, honestly, it it is a crazy time we're living in and, um, it's really a really cool time, very interesting time. But, um, yeah, you said 20 years ago, you, you you know, you you wouldn't believe it, but I, I wouldn't even believe, wouldn't even have believed it. Five years ago, um, Think Grow Prosper started uh, in 2014, just about four years ago. And before, like a year before that, I didn't even know what Instagram was. Well, maybe two years before that, I didn't know what Instagram was. Um, I like, I was completely clueless. And 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 my then girlfriend, now wife, Vanessa was you know an early adopter of instagram and she was just posting selfies and the girls usually were yeah the girls (laughs) the girls were for sure the first ones in there yeah and um she was loving it you know and and i kind of teased her but um but then she kind of showed me what it's all about and and that's how i got introduced to it so it's crazy man and then you built it from um okay i know we kind of talked about it briefly beforehand but I think it's really cool the fact that and applicable to a lot of things that you started posting the posts on Instagram based on Napoleon Hill's uh, Think and Grow Rich, right? And you were doing it for yourself. Yeah, I was. Um, I, I really didn't start it with the intention of reaching anybody um, other than myself. And it was really kind of a, a, a low point in my life. It was a challenging period. It, and, and I was like I normally do during kinds, during periods of of those time, I was reading and I was taking notes and writing down things that resonate with me. And, um, I do that often in journals. I do that often in my phone. This particular time I was doing it, um, on quote graphics that I posted to Instagram. I just kind of got one of these, um, random inspirations to do this and and that's how it started and it was just just reminders for myself just to kind of keep myself inspired and and um so i could remember things that inspired me and kept me on track and people started noticing and following and commenting and sharing and uh, you know that the rest is history yeah man and it went from you just did, did you do any type of i'm, I'm kind of curious from like a business standpoint did you do any type of advertising for it or you literally just kept posting cool things you liked and it went from a hundred to now over 3 million people. That's insane. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's a question that, that I've been asked a lot and oh, I hate those. I, Damn it. No, 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 no. Actually, <laughs> actually not, not in public, but it's a question I've been asked in, you know, private, like DMS and in, in different chats and people will send me emails about it, you know? And, um, the answer is I, I didn't do anything. I'm, I, I'm a little bit unique and a little bit of a, of a weirdo, I guess, in this space because I really didn't invest any money at all into, um, marketing thing grow prosper as a brand to grow the account. Um, and I mean, you know, we can unpack kind of why it grew the way it did, but, um, you know, I have some theories, but yeah, a, a lot of it was luck. A, a lot of it was good timing. And, um, uh, it was, it was early, early enough in the Instagram, in the Instagram game when I think, uh, quote pages were still novel and Mm. I, I, I I don't, I don't, I don't want to, uh, (laughs) I don't want to kind of 
trivialize or distill my my page down to you know a quote page uh per se but um but yeah i mean in in that category of instagram accounts it was a, a bit of a novelty at that point there there were there weren't many out there you know i think it's i think it's also a real simple um a real simple tagline think grow yeah. prosper is something that everyone can kind of I don't know. It just resonates in a way that I think a lot of other ones are trying to do all these different things or, you know, it's kind of, it's, it gets very, it gets so cheesy so quick. Even when I post it on mine, I'm like, God, like, I think I might just think I'm a douche for posting this. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like a fine line between like sharing your story and like trying to help people. And then like we were talking about before, just coming off as like the ultimate in cheese. Yeah, um, it is a balance, man. I, sometimes I look at my posts and I'm like, man, this is like a Hallmark card. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, but at the end of the day, man, Hallmark sells a lot of damn cards. And, um, and, and that's because uh, cliches are cliches for reasons, because they've been time tested. And it's because there's often some real valuable wisdom or truth in cliches. Now, I don't, I don't make it my business to post cliches. Obviously, I, I, you know, I, I think that um, we, we, you know, Finger Prosper provides um, some more substance than that. But certainly kind of the, the, um, the casual observer could maybe look at some of the quotes, some of just the graphics, say, on the account and be like, oh, well, you know, that's maybe self-evident or that's a little cliche. But, um, but you know, I, I, I do my best, I think part of what I like to do and the value that I bring um, to the account is um, kind of distilling or kind of um, uh, connecting these, these old truths to um, modern day life and contextualizing this wisdom for people in, in, in today's day and age. Mm. And, and so it's one thing to read like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dao De Ching but it's another thing to be able to kind of break that down and apply it and see how where the practical wisdom is in in those kind of pithy sayings. Yes, yeah, I think that's powerful. No, and, and I agree, man. I think it's a very like simple premise you have that just hits home very easily. Um, and so I think that's why it, it's become so popular. You know, just a real clean and classy look. Um, what do you think? So you know, your your big thing right now because this is super interesting is. Um, you know, this, this limiting beliefs, you know, and so you have this class like for limiting beliefs and a lot of kind of, of what you talk about too. And a lot of the posts you do are about, you know, these like limiting beliefs and how they're the core at self-improvement, which I completely agree with. I think a lot of the self-improvement stuff is, um, it's a lot of like trying to make the frosting look really great when the cake still like tastes terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. and so like, in terms of living in beliefs, um, like how did you how did you come to like that conclusion? You know, like were you just kind of looking at your own limiting beliefs and going like, oh my god, I'm telling myself this story still, and then it kind of made you <laughs> want to like put that out, or how did that come about? Yeah, I, I think that's part of it. Um, I well, f- first of all, I, I I don't I'm I'm wary of. Um, saying this is a, let's say, conclusive um, thesis, right? But Or a, a conclusive kind of body of work because really w- what this is um, is me 
trying to work out some of my theories and some of my philosophies, um, but it's in course format. Um, this is kind of the um, uh, culmination of a lot of observation that I've done in personal development and you know, I've, I've been a student of um, personal development and, and growth since I think I was like 18 years old, and I'm I'm, I'm 32 now. And so, um, beliefs are something that I've just observed over over the years to be kind of at the core of a lot of our behavior. And I mean, this is not uh, like you know an entirely new subject. It may be for some, but you know this has been studied and talked about a lot. I just wanted to bring it out in a way that was accessible and tangible and really clear. And you know that that was really my intention with the course. Um, I, I I I definitely think that beliefs are a foundational. Like your your beliefs, the stories you tell yourself are a foundational kind of key to changing our life experience and kind of our reality as we experience it unbelievable yeah which ones do you still have some currently that you're like trying to uncover of like negative i guess stories that you're telling yourself yeah i mean uh, it's an ongoing process and, and i think that's one of the more important points that I want to deliver in, in just me being out here is, is that it's always a process. And there, there's, regardless of, of, you know, take your pick of who is, who's your hero. Um, th- they are definitely still, still dealing with things every day. Now they may be, uh, they may be, uh, problems or challenges or limiting beliefs that are at a much different level mm-hmm. right richard branson has much different challenges and let's say psychological uh barriers that he has to overcome um than you know let's say someone just starting out in business but nonetheless <laughs> richard branson's <laughs> is like i don't deserve gold crusted <laughs> right. i just i don't i don't think i deserve it that's the story he's telling himself <laughs> right, right, things like that. But, but it's important to know that, like, you'll. I, I think this is an important thought that you'll never get there. Wherever you think, like the the um, uh, pot at the end of the rainbow is, or whatever that magical place where you're not going to have any problems or any limiting be- beliefs or any challenges to deal with, um, that doesn't really exist, actually. And and in fact, you don't want it to exist. Um, because our brain is actually wired to deal with challenges and to kind of keep growing in and, uh, overcome obstacles, right? Like it's very recently that we have all these comfortable amenities. We have a, you know, 2 million year old brain. Um, and, uh, and like it's built for survival, man. And so when we get, when we have it too easy, you know, I, I'm actually kind of dealing with this right now a little bit. When we have it a little bit too easy, when we we are kind of at a the 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 let's say calm before the storm, or um, when we've gotten to that place where we feel really good about everything, that's also the place where we're like, oh my god, what you know? Wait, we start making mountains out of molehill, mountains out of molehills, and we start saying, oh, you know, what what problems do I have? What problems do I can I create for myself? Not consciously, but often. We do that kind of a thing, and um, it's. I think it's just important to choose to to recognize the fact, and and also to 
recognize that you'll always have challenges, you'll always have problems, but to choose problems that you enjoy dealing with, right? Right. Have you read uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? Yes, I have. <laughs> and, that, that's, and that's actually probably where I, where I picked up that that yeah. um, idea idea from. It, I, I read that fairly recently, so that's probably my conscious. See, reading, that's why reading is cool. Because reading, it's like you can just read a bunch of stuff and then it just seeps into your subconscious. And then you just, you know, like you sound smart because you, you know, you, you, you can spit it out and then it's like, it's like just all there. Yeah. And that's what everyone else is doing too. <laughs> like the books that we're reading, they're all kind of compiling other people's thoughts and their thoughts and turning, spitting it out into this book. The scary part about that, the opposite is when you are consuming like media and stuff like that or the news or something like that, where it's like this negative spiral and then that seeps into your mind. And then all of a sudden you're spewing like the opposite without even knowing it. Um, yeah, that's kind of like the alternative exactly. of that. But yeah, man, I think exactly. that's that's like extremely, um, extremely poignant. Like what you were talking about, um, just about how like when we, I don't know what it is, but I was talking to a friend of mine actually the other week, and and she said, I just I keep having this feeling that I'm waiting for my life to start. She's like, I'm waiting to get to the point where my life starts, like that mm-hmm. point that you were talking about, you know, where it's like, oh, yeah up around the corner is when everything kind of gets easy and I, and I made it, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, once I, once yep. I read, once I read that next book, you know, or once mm-hmm. I, once I get that next job or once I, once I get a boyfriend or girlfriend, Oh, for sure. Then it's going to be, then that's going to be when like it all starts, you know? Yep. And, yep. uh, it's incredible. I think we're pushed along for sure by marketing and stuff, but, um, it's just a crazy thought when, when you do have those epiphanies or realizations of like, no, wait, like today, <laughs> Today has to be it because tomorrow won't be it either. Today has to be it. Yeah. Well, it, it, honestly, it's just it's, – it's seeing through the illusion. And the illusion is that life will be better when X, Y, Z happens. Right. Um, and, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, there are definitely ways to improve your, your circumstances. Um, there's no question about that. But what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is that, you know – the person who you think has quote unquote made it, um, if you, if you were to talk with the majority of them and really get into it, um, with them and get to the bottom of it, they probably don't feel as if they've made it because once you've, once you've reached a certain level, whatever the, of success, of money, of relationship, whatever it is, whatever the level that you think you need to reach, um, you, what it does is it allows you to see the next level more clearly, right? So you reach we reach one level and you're standing up on this on this box, and now you can see over the fence to the next level, right? Like a, a, a lot of let's talk about business. Let's say people who are starting a business, um, like the 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 person who just decided that he wants to be an entrepreneur. That person probably can't even fathom like. Elon Musk's level of success and um, kind of accomplishments, like what he's done, because it's so far above like the level that they're at. But once you once you even have a few wins, you start to see like that that comes more into focus, and you start being able to see like, oh, that's actually possible. Like this kind of stuff is is real, and you start giving legs to those kind of beliefs, and. Um, and, and and so it's kind of a, a never-ending cycle of of achievement. That's that's not to say that you shouldn't have goals, that you shouldn't have things that you're striving toward. That's that's 
that's not the lesson that you should take from it. It's just that the lesson is that um, enjoy where you're at right now while striving for where you want to be. And that's easier said than done, but that, 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 um, uh, I guess cliche, right? Or that, that pithy saying right there, that's one of the ones I was talking about, has a lot of wisdom packed into it. And I like these, these sayings that have a lot of truth packed into it because it sounds, it could sound superficial, but it actually is very deep. And, you know, we can take a couple of these sayings and, and unpack them, but, but yeah, that, those are my thoughts on that. What would you say your like? What would you say your favorite quote is? You got to think of one. Um. Well, from the quote I mean, master himself. I know, right? <laughs> there's. That's hard. I know. That's a hard. That's like almost a trick question. Well, no. I mean, there's so many, but I think one that that I really like is um, your you you, you know there's variants of it, but it's it's essentially the idea is you get what you focus on, so focus on what you want, or your um your focus creates your reality or um what you focus on expands these are kind of variants of the same idea it's where where you place your attention like energy flows where attention goes that's another form of that saying right, right. and um i like this because it's a fundamental truth i think and it's something that um you can really test out in your own lives I, I wrote about this actually, so you, you can you can you can test it right now. So if you're listening to this, here's what you do: look around you in whatever room you're in, whatever space you may find yourself, and look for, let's say, um, as many blue objects as you can find. So you're looking for blue things. Any shade of blue works. Just look for blue items, and count how many you can find. So go ahead and do that right now. I'm doing it too. And, I'm literally doing it as you do as you speak. Go ahead. <laughs> right. And and so you count and so however many you counted, you know, maybe you got five, six, you know, ten, whatever, you probably got far more than you probably noticed far more blue items than you did before I asked you to do that exercise. And the reason is because you didn't it's, it's it's not that it's not that you didn't it's not that those blue things weren't there before it's that you didn't see them because you weren't focusing on them you weren't looking for them and that's true with with so many things in life right so you're seeing more blue things more blue things are in your reality because you've placed your attention there and this is actually has a lot of science backing this up so there's a a part in our brain called the reticular activating system or reticular activation system, something like that. RAS. Sounds good. And sounds good, right? Yeah. And so it, so the, 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 the purpose of it is to filter out all the, um, all the extraneous, um, stimuli in our environments, right? So we're bombarded with stimuli in our environment, environment. Like at any given moment, there's actually thousands of bits of data coming in, coming in at us, even if you're in a quiet place. Um, senses, smells, you know, wh whatever. But your reticular activating system, it filters that out for what's important and it helps you focus. Otherwise, you'd be overwhelmed entirely. Your, your entire senses would be overwhelmed. And so when you choose something to focus on, whether it's a goal or whether it's, you know, an emotion like gratitude, then you see it more and you kind of give that filter to your brain 
and you say, hey, I'd like to focus on this. So if you could kind of pull things like this from my environment, uh, I'd like that. And so what happens is your reality, your environment, your experience of life, it starts, those things that you focus on start to appear more often. And they may have been there all along, just like the blue items, but you didn't see them because you weren't focusing on them. You weren't paying attention to them. So that's, that's kind of how that works. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of those things, man, that just like we were talking about where you hear it and you go, "Uh uh-huh, for sure. Yeah, I know that. Of course. And then you go on with your life and you don't, I do that all the time. I'll hear a quote (laughs) like that. And it's like, yeah, well, you focus on expands and I go, well, duh, of course. I know that. Right. You know, I've read that before. And then the next day I catch myself ruminating on some negative thing, you know, like, I'll be thinking about something somebody said to me like the week before that literally has no bearing on my life at all. Like does nothing positive for me. I'm not fixing it. I'm not, not trying to think of a problem. I'm just literally like ruminating on the negative aspects of it. And you know, but then like my ego's like, dude, you know, like, you know, you don't, you focus on only the good. And then I'm like, no, I really don't. I'm just, I'm like, I just hear that stuff and then go, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Um, and then it's not really put into action, but once you actually put it into action, which is the hard part, of course, then you go, Oh shit. Oh my yeah. God. And yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's, it, it is sometimes difficult to kind of, um, solidify those concepts in your mind. For me, what's helpful is to anchor it with like real world data. Like, so for instance, we started with the quote, we started with this quote, like your focus creates your reality. Mm-hmm. And by itself, it you know, maybe some people think this seems cheesy or cliche or whatever. But I just explained to you kind of the, you know, uh, albeit rudimentary science behind that, right? Like your brain actually does this, this, this thing. It focuses on things that you, or it brings out things that you focus on in your reality. And so for me, knowing kind of the, you know, what, like when I hear a quote that I like, or when I read something that resonates with me, you know, I ask myself, like, what, what hooks can I attach to this to make it more real in my life? Like, how can I anchor this to real life wisdom or real science, say, or real knowledge that I already have or that I find interesting? Um, cause the more hooks you attach to that piece of knowledge or that quote or whatever, or that line from a book, um, the, the more it's going to stick in your brain. Like, what do you mean? Can you give an example of it? Yeah, well, I mean, like, like, for instance, okay, so it's, it's based, it's, it's going to be specific to the person, right? But, but for me, like, I really, I enjoy science. I, I enjoy reading, you know, let's say scientific American articles and stuff. And so when I read a quote, like, your focus creates your reality, um, I, you know, I did this. I, I researched, like, okay, well, what's going on with focus? And, and that's what I uncovered the, the reticular, the reticular activating system. Right. And, and, and so that for me, it really solidified that information. It was, I I call that a hook, right? Cause I, it attaches to the quote and, and the quote, and that attaches it to my brain a little bit more. And you can do this with in various ways, right? Another hook would be, um, you know, actually doing the experiment saying, so you would you, that experiment that I walked you through where you focus on the blue things or try to pick out the blue things in the room, that may be something else that, you know, a more kinesthetic way of um, of hooking that in your mind. And so you attach all these different experiences to these principles or ideas or concepts or quotes 
and then your brain has multiple ways of accessing them. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's incredible when you when you realize that power, isn't it? Yeah. When you when you see it for yourself, and you go, Man, yeah, because it is it is a muscle though, and it does um, get weak. I think you know in time when you aren't. You know, when you let yourself kind of slide into maybe negativity for a while or you're focusing on the wrong things. And then when you kind of take a step back and you start to refocus and you start to work that muscle on, you know, like little things like gratitude, right? Like they always say, write a gratitude journal and it's going to help. Um, and it really just becomes like doing 20 push-ups in the morning. Like it's just slowly building up that muscle of what you're focusing on um, until you get to the point where you're only seeing a lot of good stuff. Totally. And something I want to say ab ab about this Two that I think is an important caveat is that you know th this this is kind of positive thinking, right? That, like a, a casual observer of this conversation could kind of boil that down to positive thinking, but right. Um, but th and that's fine. Positive thinking I think is a tool. It's a great tool, but there's also a place for negative thinking. So part of my like life philosophy is that well, there's a lot of aspects to it, but but, but I think that <laughs> I, I I think the, the the one of them is like. You, you need to have a bunch of tools at your disposal so you can employ the correct ones at the appropriate times in your life, right? Because if, if, if the only tool you have is a hammer, then every problem looks like a nail. And, and I think, um, you know, Abraham Maslow said that, the famous uh, psychologist. And, and, and so, but that's true, right? So the more tools you have, the more access you have to them. Uh, the more uh, adept you are dealing with various types of, of challenges. So, for instance, so what place does negative thinking have, you might say? Well, um, well so this is a, a tool that I pull from the philosophy of Stoicism. And the Stoics have this principle that um, modern authors have kind of dubbed uh, negative visualization. Um, there's a great book on, on the Stoic philosophy, by the way, by a guy named, I think his name is William Irvine. It's called The Guide to the Good Life, um, The Ancient Art of Stoic Joy. But anyway, nice. negative visualization is the idea of um, kind of – it's it, basically, here's what it is simplified. It's what's the worst that could happen. And you might say, well, that's negative thinking. That's going to attract weird things into my reality. No, no, actually, here's what it is. It's a tool. And how, how, so how does this look in real life? Okay. Um, you would, let's say, a, a practical, so a practical uh, measure you would take would be to, let's say you're, you're installing, um, security features on your house. Um, you want to see all the, all the all the uh, weak points in your house, right? You want to make sure that all the 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 windows are secure and all the on all the locks are secure. So you're like, okay, where could people get in to my house? And this is like a superficial example, but it's like you're, you're taking you're thinking of the worst case scenario: people getting into your house, and you're making sure that all your bases are covered. It, it's it's a practical mm. uh, tool. Now, now let's take it an, another level. What about um, psychological. Well, thinking of the worst case scenario, psychologically is helpful too. And here's why. It's because it's kind of like psychological insurance. Um, and what I mean by that is that, um, okay, let's take kind of a dramatic example. So the people you love in your life, 
um, everything you love in your life actually will one day be gone. So this is a this is a reality. It's actually Either one of like you, the best. I think that's one of the most powerful things you can remind yourself of every single morning. Right. Honestly. Right. And yeah. And, and so and so what that is that what you just described is a form of negative visualization. And <laughs> yeah. and and the reason it's helpful from this level of of a psychological level is that if you remind yourself, say that. Um, you're going to die or the person you love will die and, and in fact could die t- tomorrow. That's like a worst case scenario, right? But practicing this, the Stoics thought, practicing this kind of mental exercise, um, made, made the event, if and when it did, it does happen, it lessened the, the anguish, it lessened the psychological kind of, um, impact. The, the negative psychological impact that, that the event would have. Um, there's a, there's a great quote and it's, I mean, it's a, the exact words are escaping me right now, but it's basically, um, misfortune, um, is the hardest on those who are not expecting it. Mm. And so, and so, the, so the idea is if you're, if you're able to practice on play out, a, a negative event in your mind, like what's the worst case that could happen? Like you're going to public speak, right? What's, what's the worst that could happen? Um, then if, and when it does happen, like, and, and being, and being at peace with that, right? Like playing, like really thinking that through being at peace with that. It, when it does happen, you'll at least have practiced it. You'll at least have prepared psychologically and that emotional kind of sting will be a little bit a little bit dulled at least. So so that's kind of the second leg to negative visualization. But the third is is emotional. So you have practical, you have psychological, and then the, the, the third one is emotional. And it's really the biggest one. And when you think of the worst case scenario or how things so so a lot of people think of you know they look at what they have and they spend their time thinking like, man, I wish I had more, mm. right? Like, like I wish I had this. Lack, yeah. Right, I wish I had more. But the Stoics say you would be better off looking at what you have and thinking how, how sad it would be if you didn't have it. And, and, and thinking of if it were all gone, how, like whatever you have, whatever it is, thinking of, thinking of, how upset you'd be if it were, if it were all gone, all taken away from you. Or you can apply this to specific things, but you know, let's say, um, Shit, even a car. Let's say like, your car. Yeah. I was just going to say that. Yeah. How so, easy was that? Like, let, let's say you got a car we all and you're that. like, how, like, oh my God, like, what if I crash this tomorrow? Um, like, th- like I could not have this car that, that would be terrible. And, and this is a mental exercise you're doing, but then what you do is you, you, you don't dwell on it. You don't carry that with, with you through the entire day. But what you do is you realize that's a very real possibility. And, and in fact, that could happen, but then you come back to reality and you realize, oh, I have this car and guess what? I'm even more grateful for this car right now. Because there's that contrast. So life is a lot about contrast, I found. And like, so if, so if you just, if everything's good, then, then there's, then there's no, there's no kind of gauge. There's no, nothing to measure it up against. There's no bad to, to measure it up against. So yes, every, yeah. so is it good? So, but when you do that, that mental trick, it's a kind of a psychological trick when you go, Oh, 
I could lose this. And what if I didn't have this? What if I didn't have this great relationship? Like imagine that, go through that. What if your partner left you tomorrow and then come back to reality. Now feel that gratitude that, oh, look, it, it, you know what it's like, man? A good example of this uh, this is the holidays right now. A good example of this is is um, Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol. What happens to Scrooge? The the um, the ghosts of Christmas take him on past, past, present, and future, and they're like, "Yo, this is what your life could be like, right?" And 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 this is this is this is what people think of have thought of you in the past, what your life is like in the present, and all the bad stuff that could happen to you in the future. And it's all kind of like a dream, right? Because he wakes up and then. What does he feel when he wakes up? Complete gratitude. Mm-hmm. He's like super stoked about life because because of that contrast. So that's that's kind of a place that negative thinking can have in personal development. Yeah, and man, the contrast I think is is an unbelievably important now um, because of kind of what we were mentioning how everything is so easy now, right? Like I was thinking about this this morning when I was in the shower. I was like, man. You know, not until the past, what, maybe 50 years were we able to take hot showers on command whenever we wanted to. Like <laughs> right. In, like in the span of all of humanity, all of humanity, it's always been cold water. And then the past 50 years, I can hop into this, you know, ceramic tub or whatever and, and just move my arm like ugh, like three inches to the left. <laughs> and I have right. nice hot water coming down. And then I go in my car and I change the climate, go to the fridge and I get ice cold, <laughs> fresh water like out of this tap. And you know what I do is I see that the Brita's low and I'm like, oh shit, I got to rep- I got to go fill up this Brita. God damn it. Go- I mean, like, I mean, everything just is, is so um, like we were saying padded and easy that I think that mental exercise to at least uh, supply yourself com- some contrast mentally is, is super important because I mean, man, like some of the best experiences of my life, and I'm sure you can, you can agree and everyone else can agree. Like, you know, the, the best shower I take is not the one that I took this morning at, at seven o'clock in the morning when I got up, the best shower I've ever taken was when I was freezing my balls off like in Denver or, you know, hiking up this mountain and stuff and got home after a week, um, which has happened to me, you know, just like out there just freezing and wet, like on a trail. Um, you know, I've been firefighting before and just like, God, I was just so cold, like caught in like this snowstorm in Idaho. And then we got to take a shower and it was the most beautiful shower of my life. Um, I took the exact same shower this morning. But, it's, right. it, but I was thinking about other stuff. I didn't really care. <laughs> you know? it, it, exactly, right? And, and that's all it is, really. It's just, it's just kind of forcing yourself to experience contrast is, 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 is what it is, is, what that tool is about. It's like, you know, actually, uh, here's another example. Like near-death experience. Let's say you're on a, you know, a plane that like has a lot of turbulence and like is going oh, down, God. right? Turbulence and, is like, so scary. All, yeah, it, it, let's say it, it, it like starts to go down and you're like, well, this is it. But then, but then your, the pilot saves it last minute, right? How grateful are you going to be? Like you have a, you have the cliche new lease on life, right? Because of that contrast. And so all negative visualization is doing is bringing that into focus more so you can experience gratitude. It's like gratitude on steroids, right? Yes, yes. No, it's very true. And you know, there's a lot. Really, man, I remember I read the uh, the Tibetan book of living and dying. I don't know if you've re- – have you read that one? No, I haven't, but I've been recommended that. I need to get around to that. Yeah, check it out, man, because it goes into that a lot about death. And um, in a lot of ways, you know, it's depressing, of course. But 
really whenever I remind myself of like, you know, especially like with family, like you were saying, like when, when you're with your family at the holidays um, and it's easy to just, you know, maybe get on your phone for a little bit or, you know, you're watching a movie or you're just not a hundred percent there. And then I'll sometimes look around and be like, this is not like the only 100% fact, unless we completely make like a symbiotic relationship with machines and our consciousness, which is a topic for another conversation. But yeah. the only, the only like objective reality now is that this is not, this is not going to last forever. It's just not. Yeah. And like you like you said, it's, it's depressing, but it's also, there's, there's so much beauty in that to remind yourself like, dude, get off your fucking ass and go do it because you are going to be dust like very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's like a paradox, right? Because in the same moment that you feel, you know, as you said, depressed or, or, or whatever, when you think of those, those thoughts, you can come back to reality and then experience immense gratitude for the moment that you have. So it's kind of like a paradox because on one end, you have this weird depressing emotion if you really, really let it go there. But you, on the other end, you have this feeling of gratitude that it's not like that right now. And this isn't a tool that you have to you know, this is a tool. It's not a like, oh, I'm going to dwell on all the bad things that happen or could happen. That's, that's like not what I'm talking about here, right? No, of course it's, not, yeah. it's, 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 it's employing it. You know, the, the Stoics, I, I, I think the prescription is like, you know, a, like a few minutes a day, like maybe before you go to bed, um, on certain days, maybe when you're feeling a lack of gratitude, like, you know, thinking of that contrast, you know, and then, and then letting it go. Cause you can, if you do it on purpose and, in, and intellectualize it, then it, you're in control of it. Whereas if you just like are always like scared of, um, bad things happening, you're kind of at the mercy of that emotion. Right. So it's about controlling it. Sure. Um, and you know, I also want to say on, on that, on that topic too, there's a great article um, by a guy named Tim, I think something, I can't remember, but the article is called, um, the tail end. Have you read this? Uh, uh no, it's so he's basically, uh, he's basically, he, um, breaking down the amount of time that like he, he'll take an event like, um, snowfalls and he'll, and he'll be like, okay, how many snowfalls have I experienced in my life? How many more can I reasonably expect to experience? And, you know, at, at a, you know, if I'm a 30 you know, year old male and it's like, the reality is you, you'll probably experience whatever it is, you know, like, let's say, um, you know, 30 more snowfalls or 40, you know, 50 more snowfalls or whatever. But then he starts going into, into like, okay, what about time with my parents? And this, that was a really interesting one because he goes, okay, well, he graphs like all the time he's, he's spent with his parents uh, across his entire life. And it turns out that if you're, if, if, if you're like, you know, 30 years old or around that age, you've spent about 90 to 95% of the, t of, of all the time you're ever going to spend with your parents. And the reason why that is, and for most people, this is an average, right? But the reason why that is is because when you're little, you're with your parents all the time, right? You're you're with your parents constantly. They're your guardians, and they're always watching over you. When you're out of the house, like you will see your parents less often. So amount of time actually spent with those people, with the people you love, gets you know even though you may have let's say seventy years left. 
Um, he, he, he and he maps all this out really meticulously. I'm, I'm looking. I'm, not, I'm I'm actually taking a glance at it while you talk. It's called the yeah. Tail End T A I L for people listening, and it's by Tim Urban. It is fascinating. Tim Urban. Yeah, I'm listening as well. I'm just kind of looking at the images. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I'm not doing it justice, but essentially he maps this out very meticulously, and he goes, "But you know, as you get older, your the actual time spent with your parents." Um, is decreased or any loved ones in general, your friends is decreased a lot because you're busy. You have your own career, you have your own house, whatever. And so, yeah, like, you know, you may call once a week, you may see them a couple times a, um, a week or whatever, depending on, on your relationship with them. And, but the actual time spent is you have five, 10, five, 10% of the time you're ever going to spend. If it's on a, it's a, if it's on a pie graph, You've already spent 90% of that time with them. And that's, that's another like kind of a stoic technique, right? That goes along with what I was talking about. It's like, wow, knowing that intellectually knowing that, that like gets, that like gets at you emotionally. Yeah. This is powerful shit, man. I'm looking at this and yeah, he's saying, I don't know how old this guy is, but yeah, he's saying that he's already used up 93% of my in-person parent time. I'm now enjoying the last 5% of that time. We're in the tail end. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's incredible. That is, that's extremely powerful. That really is. Everyone should look at this. The tail end by, by Tim Urban. Cool yeah. visuals too. Cause yeah, you're right. That just puts it all in perspective. Um, in like, uh, a cool, like visual format. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Um, it's like, it's just like reality, reality kind of just slapping you in the face. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's awesome. Everyone should, should take a look at that. So what do you think about, um, you know, kind of going over some of your stuff um, when switching gears a little bit, when we're looking at our own lives, this is crazy. I'm really excited to kind of hear your opinion on this. Um, And, you know, for instance, um, my buddy recently, who I actually just talked to before this podcast, he's always wanted to go to L.A., and, uh, he, you know, he's, a, he's a really a talented, like actor and comedian and just a real funny guy. He's got the looks for it. And he was kind of just like dilly dallying around in our hometown. And I kept saying like, dude, it's so obvious to me. Like, why the fuck are you not moving to LA already? You know, you keep talking about it. You're talented. You know, why don't why, go already? You know, like it's so clear to me that he should go. Right. And I think a lot of people can resonate with like seeing people in terrible relationships and you go, my goodness, what are you doing? It's so, it's so obvious. Um, and then you were talking about how for your own life to like look at you from a third per, like a third party perspective and then evaluate from there. And when I saw that, I was like, God damn, that is a really good way to do it to just kind of take like an angel's view of yourself and be like, what are you, what are you doing here, dude? Cause it's so easy when you do that with friends. So if you can kind of right. apply that same outlook on yourself, um, it's, it's an amazing tool for that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's true because it, we're much more objective when and impartial when we, um, evaluate other people's lives and we can see it more. Cl- we can see so like clear. their, yeah, we can see <laughs> so their, 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 we can see their hangups and their insecurities <laughs> more clearly often than we can ours. Seriously. So and, clear. um, it's just so funny. So yeah, I, I talk about that in the master class as kind of a, a tool to uncover your, some of your limiting stories or beliefs as it were. And, um, it's, this is one of, one of the many tools because you, first you have to identify 
the stories, you're, the limiting stories you're telling yourself. Then you have to um, uh, it, it eliminate them, right? That's the second phase. And the third phase is creating new empowering beliefs and stories for yourself. So that, that would fall under the, the uh, category of identifying your limiting beliefs. And it's a great tool to use. Absolutely. Yeah. That third party view, it really is, man. Cause, um, for instance, like for me, I realized, um, when I did that like a couple weeks ago and I just kind of thought, okay, I'm going to look at it from third party. The first thing that popped up was like, one of my beliefs was that nobody wants to hear me talk on my podcast. And I was like, well, that's really weird. Like, why the, why is that still, why is that there? You know? And, uh, I was in the shower taking a nice hot shower, of course. And I was thinking like, wait a second, I could literally just, I can just switch it. And I can just tell myself that everyone does want to like, listen, people want to listen to my podcast. And I was like, oh, that was kind of (laughs) easy. Like I just switched it just now. And now look at that. Now magically everyone wants to listen to it, even though it might not be true. But now I can just tell myself that, and then you act on like those new stories. Exactly. It's it's it's, it's really about it, the whole game with beliefs is changing your actions, right? So it's, and it does. Um, it does. It yeah. changes like without you meaning to. I guess is like I guess that's the coolest part is that it doesn't require any more really work on your part because once I change the fact that I told myself no people want to hear then like the work kind of came out of its own. Like the work obviously came next because I was telling myself, well, people want to hear you. So of course you're going to do the work. I didn't have to like force myself. Exactly. And um, that's the whole game is getting yourself to act differently. So you want to adopt beliefs that are useful. Is it true? Maybe. But the the reality, the the, the, the reality is, here's the truth, is that pretty much everything outside of science and math um and and i mean there's even some wiggle room there um pretty much everything is subjective there's a lot of subjectivity in your in your um experience of reality in fact it's mostly subjective yeah like actually you know you had um you had donald um donald hoffman on your podcast right he was talking about how reality is like we we really don't even see what what um what reality is what it's made up of so the way we're interpreting it like that is very subjective and so the the point is you can manipulate this part of the way you can manipulate your experience is through your beliefs and you were saying that you know you kind of switch that that flip that switch in your mind like oh people do want to listen to my podcast and that's great and that sounds like it was easy for you but some people might need to go through a, 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 a little bit more of a process for that. And that's okay too. Uh, we, I, I kind of talk about this in the masterclass. You know, the, the basic idea is any belief or story you are telling yourself, whether it's empowering or uh, disempowering, um, it exists because it has legs. I call them legs. It's basically just supporting references for that belief. So you've kind of gathered consciously or unconsciously supporting references um, that kind of support this belief, right? So let's say that um, you had, you, well, you had the belief that people didn't want to listen to your podcast. Um, that now, because because that's was able to be switched for you so readily you probably didn't have very strong supporting references for that, right? That was probably just the seed 
of a, of a belief. There's like more, more of a thought that kind of mm. crept up and you kind of nipped it in the bud. So, so that was great. But somebody who maybe thinks that, Oh, well, um, my, uh, you know, I can't work out every day. You know, I just don't have what it takes to, uh, to stick to an exercise regimen. I don't have any discipline. Well, okay. So that's a belief that's causing you to not act in a way that you want to act, presumably. Um, it's causing you to not work out when you want to work out, let's say. Well, um, what do you do? Well, you, well, well, first let's address the, the problem. You have, you probably have this belief because you have supporting references for that belief. Maybe people told you that you didn't have discipline, right? Maybe yeah. people, maybe, um, you are generalizing that, char- that character trait of yours based off of one or two isolated experiences in your life. We, as humans, we have a tendency to generalize, right? Um, it's part of our nature. It's part of how we've, we've, we've um, adapted to our environment. Like um, if we heard a, like, you know, 150,000 years ago, if we heard a rustling in the bushes um, and, and last time a lion popped out or a tiger pop, popped out of it, um, we don't need to do much more rationalization the second time around. It's like, we're going to generalize that rustling sound in the bushes to be a tiger just, just for safe, just to, just to be safe. Right. And so, so this generalization tactic is useful for survival, but when we generalize like one experience that we had, maybe when we weren't, we didn't have a lot of motivation one week to go to the gym and we're like, Oh, I'm just, I don't, I don't have the motivation. Like I'm just not a disciplined person. Then we generalize our entire experience, our, our entire lives, and that becomes a problem. And you, know, you can go further and generalize people and that we start getting some pred- prejudices, right? And so it's like you have to step back and know that that's a thing your brain does and go, okay, well, um, let's look at these supporting references objectively and see See what's going on here. And you may find that those supporting legs that you're, that you're giving to your beliefs really don't hold any water. That may be the end of it. But if it's not, then you might actually need to develop more, like stronger supporting legs in support of the new belief that you do have discipline, right? Because who says you don't have discipline? Like, is that true? Is that a true statement? Well, it depends what you mean by true. Like, is it, is it philosophically true? Is it scientifically true? Mm. Like, no, like you, you get Mm. to decide, you get to decide that. So, so, so think of supporting references. Think of evidence in your life where you have been disciplined, where you have found the motivation to work out in the same way that you, that you had, that you had supporting references to, to support like, Oh, I, I can't work out. I don't have the motivation find supporting references that you do have the motivation look for them use the power of focus right we talked about this earlier the power of focus when you set your attention on something those things become clear it becomes clearer in your environment so once you once you tell your brain hey let's focus on things let's find things uh, find references to support my belief that uh, i do have motivation then your brain will go to work and it will start pulling those things out of your environment and then you can cultivate those and all of a sudden you have some legs to your new empowering belief. So that's kind of the, the short version of it, right? Yeah. And, and that's, it. That, that's it. And that's extremely, it's extremely powerful when you like, when you start to really mold everything about yourself, even from like the, the mundane stuff to like that type of clothes you think you should wear. Right. 
Like even yeah. that kind of stuff. Like, no, this is my style. Like this, this is what I wear. I don't, I, I can't wear that other stuff, you know? Yep. I, I can't wear like a, I don't know, a jean jacket, say <laughs> a jean jacket or something like that. Cause eh, it's not, that's not a part of my style. It's like, yeah, but you can change that. Like you can change the style too, you know? Like I'll think about that sometimes when I wake up. I'm like, oh no, I don't want to buy that 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 type of shirt because that's not that's not my style. You know, like, I I don't wear that type of shirt. It's like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? Like you can literally just <laughs> you can literally just wear that shirt. Like no one. Right. Like, once again, it, it goes back to like the story. Like I'm telling myself the story of like who I am and the type of clothes I wear and all this stuff, you know, and like kind of car you drive and all this stuff, and it, you know, it can just be like easily. Just well, no, I could just wear that shirt. <laughs> yeah. Like exactly that you're not wearing, you're not, you're thinking that you can't wear that shirt. Exactly, it's from it's from a story yes. you're telling yourself about why you can't wear it, and that story may have some value. It, it may it may have some um, practical value in your life, but it's w- what my message is is to kind of don't be at the mercy of your stories and beliefs. Mm. Right? It's like know that they're there. And bring them to the forefront of your mind so that you can evaluate whether or not that's something that you want to continue holding on to. You know what I mean? So there's, you know, you, someone asked me the other day, like, how do you choose beliefs? Like, how do you know what's true? What's not true? Well, the whole game is you want to choose beliefs that are useful. It it, it doesn't matter. Don't focus on if they're true. Are they useful to believe? And Will the effect of believing that cause you to act in a way that is effective or productive for you in your life? That's a powerful belief. That and also the other criteria is, you know, does it harm me or anybody else, right? So you want to make sure that your belief also, you know, is benefiting you, but is also not harming other people. Right. Yeah, the useful part. That's a really, really good point. Just make sure it's useful. It doesn't have to be true, but is it useful? And, and and again, the truth is is so subjective. When we're talking about personal yeah. development, um, and your your growth, your character traits, your abilities, truth is very slippery term when we're when we're talking about these things. So it's really about finding out what you want to act as, what you want, like basically how you want to act as if it were true, and then acting that way. But you first need to kind of solidify that um, belief in in your mind and and you can also work the other way honestly you you can also just some people are more kinesthetic and taking action acting this is another exercise i talk about in the master class acting as if that you already had a, a, a particular empowering belief acting as if let's say you could start a business mm. um how would that person act well try it out for like a couple days see what happens <laughs> you might like you might find that um, that, that like you develop, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of like, um, what, what's, what's the, what's the phrase? It's like, um, fake it till you make it kind of, it's, 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 it's kind of a version of that. You may find that acting in that way, like Im- really instills you with, with confidence and give legs to the belief that you can start a business. So Dude, there's so that too. That made me, that made me think of this story, man. I was in Panama, Panama, like in, uh, Central America, Panama, in Panama City. Yeah. And like some, like a friend of the family, uh, lives there. And I was there on a, like a Friday night and I was on my way to, uh, I think, uh, Columbia or something like that. And he said, Hey, like, are you doing anything? Are you doing anything tonight? And I was like, No, I, you know, I catch this flight like at five in the morning. 
I was just going to chill at the hotel. And he was like, oh, no, like, you know, my friend's daughters are like going out and they're going to they're going to take you out. And I was like, oh, shit. OK, cool. And I, I, I shit you not, Ruben. I, I was in my hotel room and I was sitting there and I, I found myself getting kind of nervous. Like, OK, these three girls are going to come pick me up. Um, I'm like getting a little like nervous and I, this is kind of embarrassing, but I kid you not. Like I looked in the mirror and I was like, what would Vincent Chase do from Entourage? <laughs> I love it. I seriously was like, how would Vincent Chase act? Like I'm going to be Vincent Chase tonight. Like I'm just going to act <laughs> like he would act. You know what I mean? Like confident, cool, yeah. like just like that. Yeah. And it was perfect, man. And you know, ended up, uh, one of the girls came back and stuff like that. Had a great night, you know, needless to say, but like I literally went from being kind of like, oh man, like this is uh, this is gonna be a little nervous, and like I was just, like three girls, I like, kind of got a little anxious, and then just took on like, all right, fuck it, you're gonna be Vincent Chase, and it, <laughs> and it worked. That is that is that is such a good story. Yeah, I mean that's a really great hack, dude, and 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 that's something that I've noticed in my life as well. It's like if you act as if, like like um motion precedes emotion is kind of the principle it's like your your physicality and your um kind of how you carry yourself can influence how you think of yourself and even if you don't believe it at first that is that is another tool that you can pull from right so now we're kind of gathering these tools and now we have this we're we're building a toolkit and so this is kind of what i was talking about like you can pull from these things at different times in your life and 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 that's and that's why these conversations are valuable yeah no i agree um shit man well it's been over an hour already man that was like the quickest hour i think i've ever done on a podcast <laughs> um it was it was awesome talking to you tell everyone stick around too after for a sec but um tell everyone where of course they can find you um on instagram and your website and stuff and kind of get all that cool information sure uh well i uh have the instagram handle think grow prospel <laughs> Prospel. <laughs> I don't even know my own Instagram handle. It gospel. is think. It's the gospel. <laughs> think, grow, prosper is the Instagram, and um, the website is thinkgrowprosper.org. That's where you can find me, and we're doing stuff there all the time. Yeah, so. and it's, it's an awesome account to follow because you know, on a side note, Instagram is one of those things that somewhat like our our subjective reality in our heads. I've always found that. Instagram is a cool thing because you can choose the reality that you see popping up on your feed in the same way that you see what's popping up across like your mind. You know, you can follow accounts like yours or you can follow, you know, like the Kardashians, you know, and the Jenners and stuff. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You, you create your own little like vision board or whatever your social media world is. You can create your own little world in social media and just be conscious about what it is. I will tell you though, that Instagram has done an excellent job of like sucking you into other worlds. So like avoid the explore page Dude, if you don't want you to end get up, sucked you, in. Yeah, I know you yeah, right. You're clicking on like, oh, there's a oh a, a fitness girl. Oh, it looks like yeah, she's doing push-ups the correct way. Let me yeah, let me look at that page. And then all of a sudden like you're 20 like pages in and you're on like some right. Arabian, you're on some like Arabian singer. <laughs> you're like, what the? Right. And then you're clicking the back button like 15 times. Like what right. the fuck? Where, how how did, did I, I get here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, you, you know, that, 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 that company and social media companies make money off of keeping your attention. So right. just make sure that you are in control of your attention uh, and not the, the platform. 
Right, exactly. And yours is a great page to follow for that, man. So I appreciate the time. Stick around for one second. Um, but yeah, we'll end it there, man. Thanks so much for coming on, dude. It was a pleasure. Sounds good. Thank you for having me, Alex. Appreciate it. Had a great time. Yeah, man. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find Think Grow Prosper on Instagram. If you just type Think Grow Prosper in, uh, it will pop up because it is the biggest uh, site out there with that name. Like I said, 3 million views. So uh, Ruben can be found. What is his website? Give me one second here. Hold on. We're going to find this right now. I do this every time. I could just re-record this, but that kind of takes out the fun, doesn't it? I think it's thinkgrowprosper.com. Wait, guys, this is live right here. Uh, yeah, thinkgrowprosper.org. You can contact Ruben. You can find everything about that. Um, and, of course, on Instagram. I would just click that and follow the account because... He always is posting amazing videos, quotes that uh, just give you that lift. And, you know, we all have Instagram accounts, or most of us do, and they can get filled with just comparisons to other people and, you know, sponsored posts and all that shit. Um, But you can also craft it in a way that is your own feed based on, you know, what you want to actually see and things that are going to help you develop and help you grow and turn it into kind of your own uh, customized you know, live feed coming into your brain, feeding you the right stuff that you want to see. So that's what I would recommend uh, following him for. And of course, my boy, The Rock is always a good one to follow for that kind of stuff. Uh, All right, guys, keep tuning in. Uh, Let me know how you guys like these shows. And uh, I will see you guys in a couple weeks. 